Hello and welcome to another 360 Preps podcast. Sports editor Micah Rice here with uh, uh, Tim Martinez, Meg Wachnick, and Andy Bueller. And we have a lot to talk about today because there's been a lot going on. Uh, we're coming off of what might have been one of the busiest weekends of the high school sports calendar. Uh, we had a supersized Mac Classic wrestling tournament, uh, which uh, doubled the size of the brackets due to the inclement weather that led to the cancellation of the the regional tournaments the prior weekend uh, we also had state swimming and uh, we had a ton of basketball which uh, filled out the brackets which we're now looking at uh, we we have uh, state matchups uh, for boys and girls in the regional round of the state tournament which will have teams from Clark County playing uh, near and far so definitely a lot to cover but um, uh, let's just uh, talk about what uh, what we thought about this last weekend uh, Meg and Andy you were you were all over the place uh, covering basketball and whatnot yeah start out in Lacey with a couple of 2A uh, district title games Washula girls winning their first uh, district title um, in program history a very uh, impressive win over WF West and the thing is about district four for girls if you are a district champion out of the Southwest District, there's a very good chance of you playing for a district title. Mark Morris has done it twice, Chehalis has done it twice since 2012, and the way Washougal played, especially uh, in the third and fourth quarters defensively against the Bearcats, that's what really impressed me. Beyonce, three-time league MVP of the 2A uh, Greater St. Helens League, 21 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, five blocks, uh, five steals. Just an overall impressive effort. And then River Boys, a uh, 35-point win over Black Hills. River winning its first district title at the 2A level. Just impressive from start to finish shot, better than 65% for the game. Um, just an all-out, complete effort by the two teams on Friday night. Do you think River remembers what it's like to play a close game? It's been a while. You look at their district performances, 25-point win, 26-point win, and capping it with 35 points. I'm going to say no. They haven't really been in a close game in quite a while. Uh, in play. You know, it was interesting. On, on my way up to the Mac Classic State Wrestling Championships, I, I stopped by on Thursday at Black Hills High School to take in a couple of uh, uh, 2A district games and, and saw the Washougal girls, which, like the River Boys, had not played a close game since, uh, well, really ever this year because their losses early in the year and at the holiday tournament were by double digits and their wins as they bulldozed through league season were by double digits uh, and and not just 10 or 12 point games they were winning I think by an average of almost 30 points a game in league play so uh, you talk about Beyonce and how well she played in the championship game she was uh, just as important to um, Washougal reaching that championship game in a one-point win over Tumwater in the district semifinals, which clinched a state berth. Uh, Beyonce had 25 points and a bunch of rebounds and a bunch of assists and made the game-winning shot uh, that, that eventually uh, put uh, Washougal over the top. Now, granted, uh, Tumwater had a chance to win at the end when one of their shooters was fouled attempting a three-pointer at the buzzer, but that shooter only made one of three free throws. So Washougal ended up surviving and advancing, but uh, uh, they are going to be a really interesting team to uh, to watch. I think uh, going forward as the number seven seed RPI in the two A bracket. Um, uh, Tim, you you spent a lot of time putting together or, or tracking these brackets as they were announced. Uh, what's your initial impression on the uh, uh, the matchups that some of our teams are, are looking at this weekend? 
Well, the way the, the state uh, sets up its bracket, I mean, it, it sets up for a lot of good games in this regional round because you have, you know, one playing eight and two sevens. You know, you're not going to have a one sixteen or a two fifteen uh, type of matchup. So, uh, you know, I mean, these, these could be good matchups up and down the line. And so, um, uh, you know, it, I think it, I thought it worked out really well. In fact, I was uh, texting with another colleague of, of ours um, on Monday, I think it was Monday night, and uh, you know, they were saying, oh, you know, we really, it's like, it would be really cool if Union and Battleground actually played at Battleground, even though Battleground can't play on their home court, because that would just be like, it would be rocking, you know, they'd be, you know, sold out. And I, and I said, yeah, yeah, but uh, WIA will never, never let that go. And so they, they're going to be at Mark Morris, and, and they'll probably get paired with a B school. On Friday. Yes, the one B's. Yeah, the Nacelle. Yeah, Nacelle that's, that's, I said, I said that. It goes, no, no, they're, 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 they're going to play at Mark Morris. And somebody was tweeting at me to ask me, too. It was like, what do you think that's going to be played? And I was like, oh, it's going to be played Mark Morris, probably Friday, paired up with a B school. And, and then the, the draw came out Tuesday morning, and that's that's what it came out to. So, But it was cool. And then the other four, we had four games at Battleground on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a busy day. And, and Battleground does a really great job in the last few years of putting that on and trying to make it as uh, special as they, as they can for, you know, for not being at the, the final site. So, um, and it was really cool. I think the biggest thing from the weekend is, you know, I was sending texts to Andy and Meg and, and uh, cause no one really knew what they were going to be doing one day to the next, depending on what happened. And so I was like, I was like sending texts to Andy going, cause Andy went up to Kelso, Kelso I, on Friday. I ended up in Kelso. You ended up I Kelso. at uh, WF. Yes. Yeah, WFYS uh, for the Trico District Finals. Yeah, and so it was like, so where am I going after that? I said, well, you could go north or you could come back south, and it turns out you end up doing both. We sent you up to uh, Bay Girls, which to me is the coolest story for basketball for the weekend, was the Hudson's Bay Girls getting to go to state, even though they're, I think they're quoting the story that you wrote. It's like, we're going to the dome. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Not one, quite. More. <laughs> one more, one more, one <laughs> more. But, but still, it's a cool moment. I mean, that's a program that hasn't uh, been to state in 10, 11 years. And in fact, I don't know that any Bay team has advanced to a state tournament in 10 or 11 years. So I think it was a cool win for them. And um, I talk about, you know, what, what that experience was and watching them and what they're kind of go through. Yeah, I Bay was one of the teams where the Bay girls. I went out to their uh, practice before the season to preview and just and I, I remember Jadia Martin and Camila Powell from last year as freshmen, um, really young team last year and still a really young team this year. Um, but yeah, I heard all this hype from the players about this freshman Anaya Hampton, this point guard who's going to open things up for Bay, and they were really confident at the beginning of the season. And, uh, you, you know, I, you kind of get a feel for how confident, for what, you know, depending on what coach or player you're talking to, whether you're getting kind of lip service, because it's, you know, what are they going to say? Oh, we think we're going to have a losing record this year. But the Bay girls were like, no, we're going to compete with Prairie. We're gonna, we want to knock them off, and uh, we're going to go to state. And here they are at the uh, end of the season, and they're in essentially a backs against the wall, fourth game in four days, um, Loser, their third loser out in three days, and they're playing this North Thurston team uh, for a chance to go to the regional round. And you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to come out. 
And sure enough, in the first half, you know, J.D. Martin, a sophomore, and Anaya Hansen, a freshman, are playing like seniors. I mean, they're just, they're playing, they play with so much confidence, and they shot the lights out in the first half. Uh, it was a great game. I think they had about a 10, eight to ten point lead at halftime, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I think it was ten. I remember seeing the halftime score and going, oh, hey, you know, Bay's you know, going to go pretty well, and then... Things, things had twisted yeah, in the second well, half. Yeah, yeah, and then the shots just stopped falling in the third quarter. And they and what Hansen said after the game was, hey, the third quarter for us has been a make it or break it pretty much all season. If we play a bad fourth quarter, we lose no matter what. And this is the first time where we somehow pulled it out. And they did so by uh, driving to the hoop, getting fouls, hitting their free throws, and uh, just hitting big shots down the stretch. Uh, Stasia uh, McKaylee hit the decisive go-ahead with like less than two minutes left and then uh, had a couple of pretty big free throws to seal the game too. So she's someone who uh, isn't uh, could go unnoticed if you're just watching that team. You know, Hansen stands out, Powell stands out, Martin stands out. Um, but Stacia really delivered the big, uh, uh, the big shot to, to send them over. And so it, it was a really cool moment. Uh, after the game, uh, you know, Coach uh, Michael Rainville, who's in his third year, um, he, you know, he was very clearly emotional and, you know, jumping up and down with his players, which they said uh, never happens. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, it just a lot of supporters from Bay came up. Um, and you, you could tell. I mean, it, it felt kind of like a, a home game for Bay, and it, it was a cool moment for him. And uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, could be, could be a story on that in uh, Friday's paper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was an interesting weekend uh, for coaches uh, over the weekend. So first you had uh, Blake Conley at Union. He coaches the Titans to their quarterfinal win. They clinch a state berth, and then the final horn buzzes, and he hops in a car, and he drives back because, uh, he, you know, he became a dad over the weekend. And so the last two games, uh, Todd Spike led the, the two, uh, Titans in the last two games. So uh, so very eventful weekend for the Conley family and the Titan family. And then um, Battleground goes and clinches a spot to state. And we're like, all right, and we can't get to all these games. We want to get to all, all of them, but you can't get to them. So you, so, um, so it's like, all right, well, we, we're going to wait for, for Manny Mello to give us a call, and we're going to get the story about you know the emotion. And we get a text saying, uh, I'm at the hospital. I'm fine, but I can't call. Get it off the scorebook live. What happened to Manny? Yeah, so I get a text from Manny on Saturday morning after finding out that he he sends me a note saying, "Hey, I'm in the ER. I'm fine." I was like, "Oh, well, you know, maybe it's for a relative or you know, a parent or whatnot." So he's celebrating with a player who he says he has celebrated with a chest bump in big games all year. Somehow they misconnect doing the chest bump, and he falls, loses his balance, and tries to brace himself with his dominant hand, his right hand, ends up breaking a bone in his wrist. So he is currently in a sling. He says he's fine. And I jokingly said, hey, there's 10 million ways to, to, to break a bone, and this has got to be kind of the, the best way to do it, right? Going to state, going to the dome for the first time since 2002, and absolutely. So the, the Tigers have played very well. They went 5-1 and one in the by-district. And you got to remember, this team had to win a play-in game finishing third in the 4A Greater St. Helens League just to make the postseason. So they've had a remarkable run uh, this last week and a half. Well, and I, I think Battleground's a fascinating team to have followed these last few weeks because, you know, we, we didn't quite know. I mean, with, with the 4A Greater St. Helens League, we knew Union was going to be good. They always are. Skyview obviously brought back Alex Schumacher, but had a few question marks about uh, some other positions that, um, but then, 
behind that, you know, it was kind of wide open with Camus, with Battleground, and we didn't really know going into the year which team would do what uh, on a statewide level. And so Battleground gets in by the skin of their teeth and we're like, well, that's a nice story. It's a program on the rise. It's good. And then they just get hot and they win game after game after game when they need to, starting with that play-in game where if you lose that one, you're done. And, you know, then I, I think they had to meander their way through the consolation part of the bracket to finally get in. And now they're they're going up against Union here on Friday in what I think is one of the most intriguing uh, matchups here. But as a bonus, even if they fall short to Union, they were able to get up to that number eight RPI seed. So their season's not done. They're essentially playing, they, they go from a week ago or a, a little more than a week ago playing just to get into the bi-district tournament to now, if they are able to knock off Union, they're into the quarterfinals at the Tacoma Dome. It's an amazing run for the Tigers. It is. You know, I know Caden Carey, their sophomore standout post, he's 6'9". He's just a true power forward player. You know, he gets a lot of attention, but their shooters are, are remarkable. Vincent McCormick, you know, he's an all-league kid, is a three-year starter. Um, but Brennan Beal, and he's a kid that I'm going to write about for next week, um, he's made three game-winning plays for them, two on the offensive end and made a key play defensively during part of their league stretch. And he's been kind of that X factor that Coach Manny Miller talks about. He really was expected to be this three-point specialist coming into high school, but he's really transformed his body and transformed his game to be kind of that more all-around complete player. And he's pretty much one of the main reasons why they're still playing at this stage. Now, Tim, you, you explained it really well on Twitter, but I think there's still some questions out there. How is it that we're in the, the state tournament and you have two teams from the same league playing together, uh, playing against each other? I thought the WIA wasn't going to let that happen, but it, it does in this case. Yeah, uh, I actually had to, because I remember reading it someplace over the fall or whatever, and then so I actually had to go back and dig up the executive board minutes from last June when it was uh, to see... Um, because I, I, I first thought that, because I think I, I even uh, tweeted it out earlier Saturday saying, oh, right now it's one versus eight Union Battleground, but they're from the same league, so they'll probably juggle that. And then I had to go back and look, and that the, um, so the provision to keep league uh, matchups from happening at this regional round uh, applies only to the nine through 16 seeds. And I think the logic there is that they didn't want, those are elimination games. You lose those games, you're done. They didn't want, the WIA didn't want uh, teams to be eliminated from by a team from their own league. The one through eight games, as you explained, are not eliminations. It's, it's basically uh, the winner goes to the quarterfinals and the loser goes to the round of 12 at the dome site. Um, so they're not elimination, so that, that is not uh, as much of a priority. Um, so that's why we get uh, Battleground and Union. Um, Battleground was chosen as Clark County's uh, lone hosting site for a regional, I think, the, in District 4. It's something, it's Tumwater, it's WF West and Chalice. Mark Morris is a site. Battleground is the site. Um, and it stipulates that you can't play on your home floor in this regional round. So they got to go up to Mark Morris. So it's a little bit of a travel for, for the fans, but I think it'll still be a, a good good turnout, uh, 8 o'clock Friday game. Uh, and I think what, what Meg pointed to, I saw Battleground play Skyview in, at Skyview earlier this year, and they really struggled with shooting the ball that day. And, and I think Matt Grewer says, and, and they're not going to do that every night. 
what I thought when they were getting into the bye district is, is it's a team that it's, it's focused around Caden their center, so a lot of teams will sag in on them, so it's really imperative that they shoot well from the perimeter. And I thought going up to the bye district meant all that travel up and back, especially with the weather, now they can do consecutive. They gotta play in different gyms. Mm -hmm. They gotta go up to Olympia, and then up to Auburn, and then back to Olympia, so they're playing in different gyms, which is a different shooting background most every night. And I, you know, I wondered about, you know, them making that, but they found a way and they and they made it happen. It's just another, you know, wrinkle into their great postseason run. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're one of just many stories to cover. We'll, uh, you know, Tim, you and Meg are going to be double teaming that quadruple header at uh, Battleground. Uh, Andy, you're going up north uh, where you're going to get to see the Bay Girls again in addition to uh, uh, state gymnastics. And uh, what's the other game up in? Uh, it's going to be Seton Catholic. Seton Catholic, that's right. I get to hit the road in a major way. I'll be over in uh, Spokane where the Prairie Boys, another team that has really caught fire, if you told me in December that Prairie Boys were gonna win the bi-district tournament and uh, go into the state tournament on what, a 16 game, 15 game? 14. 14, 14 it feels like they haven't lost in, in close to two months because practically they haven't. Uh, yeah, they're one of the hottest teams right now in 3A as far as just really, hitting their stride here where it counts. So I'm going to be seeing them on, um, you know, in addition, I'll be seeing them on, on Saturday uh, or uh, Friday, Friday night. And then on Saturday, uh, again, I'll be seeing the Washougal girls over there at University High playing against, um, uh, you know, who are they? I got the bracket in front of me. They are playing against uh, East, Valley. East Valley. Yeah, so you're going to get to see Washougal versus East Valley and then uh, Prairie versus um, Mount Spokane, which is uh, the number two seed in, in 3A. So some tough competition for uh, Washougal and Prairie going all the way across the state, but uh, two teams that are playing really well. And, uh, how, you know, you got to earn your way into the quarterfinals, and they'll have a chance to do it in, in hostile territory in snowy Spokane, where it's supposed to be very wintry. No, you mentioned Prairie Boys. Yeah, 14 game winning streak. That's one of the, the tops statewide, regardless of class position. I saw them Saturday in the by district tournament game. I mean, what a run they've had. They started out three and seven, and seeing them cut down the net and seeing Coach Kyle Brooks get emotional talking about his team. And, and I said, you know, what what is drawing out the emotions for you right now? And and this team, as he said, could have quit after their seventh loss. Um, they were three and seven as of December 28th. Um, I think they lost all three of their games at that Arizona. No, I think they won their last one. Okay. Yeah. I think they won their last one. And they were 0-2 league play, the first two losses of league, including a five-point loss on the road at Kelso. And with so many new faces, not only in the starting lineup, but on the bench as well, this team just keeps getting better and better and better. And then Saturday was the third time I've seen them all year and twice in a week and a half span. And just you can see that improvement of what he's talking about, just the grit, the determination, the toughness of this team that's playing together. Well, you, you knew that you're bringing back Cam Osborne, which w he had a, a remarkable junior year, one of the best point guards in the area. And so you knew that he was going to you know, probably have another good season. Where I think Prairie had its time that it needed to adjust was that – you you had lost to graduation both of uh, both of the wing basically Cam's wingmen in uh, Dante Heitschmidt and uh, Brayden Broadbent. These are guys who are about six four, six five, could hit the three pointer, 
every time Cam broke down the defense and penetrated, if, if he couldn't finish at the hoop, he had a guy out there on the perimeter that could knock down a three. Well, those two guys are gone, and they have to, you know, you have Cam back, but he's got to relearn, you know, what his options are. And so over the course of the year, you have guys like Aiden Fraley, who was a JV kid last year, really step into that role. You have the Dixon twins, AJ and Zeke, who played a, you know, really key roles last year, but more kind of unheralded. They're back, you know, offering that high pressure defense that makes Prairie so dangerous there. And so I think it's just a really remarkable job, not only of the team uh, coming together, but also uh, of coaching for, for Kyle Brooks to you know, replace the tools around Cam Osborne and have them finally gel and become what they've become, which is now a team on a 14-game winning streak. I can't imagine what team would want to play Prairie Boys right now. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, they haven't lost in nearly two months, and they have a very good shot at, at placing at state, I really believe them. Every time I watch Zeke and AJ on defense, it just like further drives home that I would never want to be face guarded by either one of them. It's just like <laughs> bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, well, they're so quick. Yeah. That's the thing. They can they can cover spots and cover. You know, they're not the tallest guys, but they can get to spots and get in position and pressure you out above the arc if if need be. Uh, it, it just allows Prairie to do so many things on the defensive end. Good rebounding guards too for an undersized team. All right. Well, basketball wasn't the only fun. Uh, I, I had a, a total of 28 hours of fun in two days uh, at the Mac Classic. Uh, you know, the, this Mac Classic State Wrestling Championships was really interesting for a lot of ways. In because I mean, obviously, if you follow wrestling, you know the story. Um, the inclement weather of the previous weekend led to the cancellation of the regional rounds of the state tournament. So. For the first time, they decided to expand the brackets to 32 men, or in case of the women, the w- women's brackets, uh, to you know have the largest mat classic ever. And uh, we're going to try to do it in two days at the Tacoma Dome. Uh, two, as it turned out, extremely long days. Um, now, this was something that co- a lot of coaches around the state have been pushing for for a long time. The feeling being that mat classic is such a spectacle and such a a special memory that we should be advocating for more kids to get a chance to experience this. Well, so how did it turn out? I think if you're one of those kids that otherwise wouldn't have gone, I I think you're you're happy they did it and you're happy they went. I talked with a a couple of coaches, uh, uh, you know, Coach Eric Gonzalez of Heritage was very adamant that, you know, it's a good thing to get all these kids in especially for programs like his, which is really on the improve. Uh, you, you know, he had two, uh, two wrestlers at 106 that, uh, that made it to the second day. He had, uh, you know, a 152-pounder, Alex Newberry, who also, you know, had, had high hopes of, uh, of having a, a good tournament. But in addition, he had some other kids that otherwise wouldn't have made it that now get to go to the, the Dome and tell their friends and kind of build that momentum within the program. So you can really see why coaches are very strong advocates of the 32-man tournament. Um, but in, in, in practice, you know, in theory, that's good. But in practice, it made for two very long days. Um, they started wrestling at eight, uh, a little after 8 in the morning on Friday, weren't done until about uh, oh, 10 o'clock at night. 
uh, but more or less kept pretty well on schedule the first day. The second day was when it, the schedule really got off the rails. Um, they try, you know, in in previous years, you on the, in the championship bracket, you would wrestle through the quarterfinals on the first day. Then you start in the morning on Saturday with semifinals, and then you do a few more rounds of consolation. You do your medal matches, and then you start your finals at about five o'clock at night with the parade of champions. And you know you, you're usually done. You're crowning your last champion by about eight or eight thirty, and everybody hits the road and heads home. Well, they had planned to do their championship round by five o'clock. It became pretty apparent early in the day Saturday that that was not going to happen. Uh, finals did not start until about 8 o'clock at night. Uh, they were still wrestling at, at 11.25. Uh, the final match ended at about 11.35. Uh, it, it, you know, I never like to put journalist worries ahead of any other worries, but it made it so at least I wasn't able to cover uh, all of the finals as thoroughly in the way that I wanted to and talk to uh, as many of the kids that I wanted to. But you know, it, it made for just a really long night and teams having to spend an extra day. So I'm interested to see, I mean, I think everybody's interested to see what happens now. And um, you know, you had a, a Saturday that got so far behind. And again, it wasn't because a lot of matches went into overtime or anything. It was, you know, a minute delay here because, you know, a minute delay there. And these are often due to the fact that they you've got 24 mats going simultaneously. They're using the track wrestling system, which all in all worked really well, but had some hiccups and delays while they sorted out some computer issues. And then you also had some issues with, uh, you know, because there's so many matches going on, you, you had some uh, some scoreboards being kept by you know people that that maybe were a little bit inexperienced, and so you'd have a minute delay during the match for the clock to reset, or minute delay for them to get the score right because you know all the points weren't being counted correctly, and that just snowballed and added up, and it was kind of delay by a thousand cuts to where at the end of the match. End of the day Saturday, you had a three-hour delay, and uh, yeah, just uh, you know, wrestling later than anyone would like to. So, I think if you want to do a 32-man tournament, um, you have to, you really have to add a third day. And I, uh, from the WIA's perspective, I don't see how that's feasible because you're paying an extra day of rent at the Tacoma Dome, uh, which is expensive. Now the counter point to that is by far this was the best attended Mac Classic that I can remember and many of the officials that have been around longer than I were talking about how it was the best crowd and I, I can attest there were moments in Friday and moments in Saturday when you know you had a, all the wrestlers in the building that there was not an empty seat anywhere in the Tacoma Dome so from a, a pure attendance point of view it, it was a smashing success but unless, you, unless you're going to just accept the fact that you're going to have two 13 to 14 hour days back to back or add in a third day somehow, uh, it, it's really, you know, I, I, I think it might be a tough ask to say that two, two back to back days at a 32 man tournament is in the best interest of everybody. Micah, in your 
in your read, um, you mentioned the death, the delay by a thousand cuts. Um, if the uh, WIAA is given longer than a week to prepare for this type of event, do you see the t those types of little delays being things that could be solvable with better preparation, or were they just things that are going to happen regardless and it's that busy of a wrestling tournament? I, I think it's probably you're going to have that no matter what. You might not have as many of them next year if you do the same format with a little bit more preparation and a little bit of reflection looking as to what worked and what didn't work at this event. I think you probably have it instead of a three out being three hours late, you have it maybe 90 minutes late, best case scenario, uh, if you try to keep the same schedule. Now, what, what do you do to, to combat that? Do you start at 8.30 on Saturday instead of 9.45? Maybe you do, and maybe, but I just think in a tournament that big and that hectic, there's going to be inherent issues that crop up. There's going to be computer delays. There's going to be uh, just just your general craziness that comes with trying to manage a tournament where you have 24 matches, hand, you know, going on simultaneously. And so, uh, and then I, I'd be interested to hear some of the feedback from the officials because. Yeah, if you're a referee at, at, at Matt Classic, you're not working every match, but you're in the building for 12 hours, and you're, you know, that's a long day for the people running those tables, and a long day for, for everybody involved, and so uh, I, I, I'm very curious to see kind of if it, uh, if this experience ends up gaining momentum for a 32-man tournament, or ends up being like, okay, we tried it, and now we know what it's like. You know, we're not going to do that. I, I know certainly on site, the WIA was trying to tamp down, they were actively trying to tamp down expectations that, look, we're doing it this year, we're going to definitely do it again next year. I think they, they are working under the assumption that the 16-man bracket is the standard and we're going to revert to the standard unless something like another snowstorm happens that makes makes an exception to the rule necessary. And Mike, I mean, Executive Director Mike Colbert's told me as much uh, before the event. Um, it went in front of the executive board five-ish years ago um, and it was rejected um, in, in favor of the 16-man. So, you know, will it ever go in front of the board again? I don't know. You know, there's a new executive director next year. Mm -hmm. So, uh, who knows? But, yeah, it, it sounds like, um, you know, there were... Uh, the concerns that the WIA had and cited going into the event were um, certainly uh, well-founded. Yeah, and, and I, I still believe that a, a three-day tournament in the Tacoma Dome is going to end up being a non-starter just for cost issues. That's always been one of the biggest issues WI has faced with any tournament at the Tacoma Dome is it's an expensive building to rent out, and they want to keep their costs down. and. You're, I don't think it's feasible to bring logistically to bring in sites outside of the Tacoma Dome. Like for example, if in a, in previous volleyball tournaments, you've held consolation matches at uh, at at other high schools outside of the central venue. You just can't do that with wrestling because if you're a coach and you have some wrestlers in the championship bracket and some wrestlers wrestling at a different site, you're just not going to be able to tr do the transportation. So logistically, I don't think that's a, a, a thing. The, the, the question is, 
is a 32-man tournament in two days something that the benefits outweigh the uh, the problems? And so I, I, that's an interesting conversation I think that needs to be had. I think one of the things that Andy's story had beforehand that WIA mentioned is that, well, if we expand to 32 wrestlers, expand the wrestling tournament, well, you know the basketball coaches are going to howl because they've been howling anyway the last yeah. couple of years with the 16-team the final site tournaments and, and the costs and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think I think they kind of, WI kind of feels that it's could be opening a, a Pandora's box if by doing that in addition to the uh, practical uh, issues of trying to squeeze it all in and rental facilities. I mean, you got to think. So Saturday's wrestling started at when? Like 930, Nine, 945? 9.45, yeah. Okay, so 9.45 is when the wrestling started. Well, if you're a wrestler, you're you're probably getting up and preparing for a day of wrestling, like, you know, I don't know, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you got kids that were still out there on the mat at 11.30. That's, that's you know, a 15, 16-hour day. And, and from a competitive uh, standpoint, you know, it's not probably not the best conditions to, you know, have a state championship decided when you've been, you know, up and around for 15 hours. Right, and, and I asked some coaches about that, the sheer volume of matches, and they, they kind of downplayed it with the, you know, the counterpoint that when you're at a lot of these tournaments during the season, whether it be Guck Check or Pat Coast or, uh, you know, any, <coughs> excuse me, any of these other big tournaments, you're wrestling four or five times a day anyway, but it's still, I mean, that's not always against state level competition. You, you know, you're facing tough kids in that tournament and you're getting beat up. And I don't know that there was any kid in the tournament that did this, but if you lost your first match and then wrestled all the way back through the consolation bracket to eventually finish third, you wrestled eight times during the tournament, which that's a lot of wrestling. I don't care. I don't care how tough of a kid you are. That's a lot of, of wrestling. So, but um, you know, the kids seem to enjoy it. They the spectacle of uh, whether you were the number thirty-two kid in the bracket or a state champion. Uh, there's nothing like the spectacle of Matt Classic, and with there just being such a large crowd this year, I think it added to that. Uh, the, 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 just that specialness of wrestling in front of that many you know that big of a crowd wrestling in front of that many eyes being you know one of 24 matches going on in that kind of organized chaos that is Matt Classic I, I, I think certainly if you made it to this year's tournament whether you got pinned in you know 30 seconds or placed and stood on that podium it's going to be something that those kids will never forget yeah so um uh, so we'll we'll cap the well part of the within winter season. Um, we weren't sure with the the gymnastics state. We've gone to gymnastics state for as long as I can remember going to cover it because usually it's right at the exhibition center at the Tacoma Dome. Uh, this year they they moved it off to uh, Sammamish High School in Bellevue, and with the schedule with the regionals basketball, we didn't know if we'd be able to. But the way it worked out, the schedule. Um, and he's going up. He's going up on Thursday and Friday. Follow your boy. <laughs> yeah. He's, Updates. Yeah, he's, he's going to be up at gymnastics, so, which is great because last weekend, so this is another thing about the, 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 uh, the weather, districts for gymnastics, we thought, well, well, we'll cover them at districts if we can't get to state. And it was originally scheduled for February 9th. Um, the schedule originally, because I got the program when I went out, went out there this weekend, 
originally it was supposed to start like the first meet. Uh, I can't remember if it was 3A or 4A. It was supposed to start at like 9 o'clock in the morning and then the second one at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which was a good time for us to go and cover and get it in in time. Yeah, we were definitely going to cover disc yeah, gymnastics. Yeah, we, we, were, we were there. <laughs> and then because of the, they had to find, the, you know, they even said this, because we just had to find the availability of the facility. So it didn't start, well, scheduled the 4A is supposed to start at 3.30 and then the 3A, 2A at 6.30. And, well, the 4A didn't actually start till it was like 4.15. And I went out there hoping that maybe I could get there and it would finish in time, but I quickly realized that it was not going to finish till after 6 o'clock, and I needed to get back to the office because we only had one person in the office and all this stuff coming in, and so I had to leave, but I talked to somebody there. I said, please send us the results, and we got a call at, uh, I don't know, it was like 11-something, and it was only half of the results. So so being able to get to the, the state gymnastics, I, I feel good about because we didn't quite get to cover districts as much as we would have liked so and that we have uh, you know we're going to nine of 11 regional mm -hmm. basketball games so that's uh, that's also great that the schedule kind of worked I remember I sent you a text and said if we can go to Spokane we can get three teams yeah. and then I looked at the schedule again went oops yeah we two we, are playing yeah, the same yeah, yeah, time we would love to I mean we, we, we thought we'd be getting 10 out of 11 but they just happened to schedule the Kingsway girls and Prairie boys uh, in Spokane at the same time at two different high schools so it makes it physically impossible. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. Camas girls are in a geographic island is the only yeah. team playing in the, the Tri-Cities. So, um, but still, 9 out, nine out of 11 is pretty darn good. And, you know, why don't we just tell people, it's if you a, win this weekend, we'll get you next yeah, week. It's, it's, sure. it's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a fun week after that. We'll be definitely in Tacoma and definitely in Yakima. And uh, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year for high school sports. Looking forward to it. All, right. All right. Well, thanks for uh, following along. Definitely follow us uh, this weekend as we uh, post updates on Twitter and on the website. We'll we'll be covering all. all we'll try to meet all your needs for uh, district or uh, sorry regional basketball coverage in the state tournament. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>